Welcome to this edition of the IWI CFITrainer.net podcast. We've been getting good feedback on sharing news with all of you, so we will continue to do so. We will also be working on some new interviews as we have in the past. As always, we love getting your feedback. Feel free to use the form on this podcast page to let us know what you're thinking. After these brief stories, I want to share a few pieces of information that are news from the IWI. For now, let's get to some fire investigation stories from around the globe. The UK's Lancashire Fire and Rescue Service has determined a fire at the Colney Health Centre was caused by an electrical fault in the facility's solar photovoltaic power system. According to Solar Power Portal, the component involved has not yet been identified. Concerns about solar power systems as potential fire causes have been growing in the industry, but many investigators do not yet have specific training and experience in evaluating solar power system components as a potential fire cause. The Building Research Establishment, a former UK government laboratory now owned by a charitable trust that provides building science research, testing, certification, and standards, released a study in 2017 that looked at more than 50 fire incidents where solar power systems were involved. In 36% of the cases, installation error was the cause. Component fault was the cause in 12% of the cases. System design was identified as the cause in 5% of the cases. Perhaps most tellingly, in almost half the cases, no cause was identified. Clearly, there's a lot of work to be done to better understanding these systems and evaluating them as to a potential fire cause. Just an FYI, our new grant application to the Fire Prevention and Safety Grant Program includes new training to be delivered on CFI Trainer related to solar and new technologies that affect homes and vehicles. We have our fingers crossed that we'll get the funding this round. Scientists at the Anglia Ruskin University tested the flammability of emollients common in skin creams, lotions, and ointments, both with and without a paraffin base, and found that the presence of a dried emollient increases the flammability of textiles. Their findings are published in Fire Safety Journal and were presented at the UK Association of Fire Investigators Conference. Control fabrics made of cotton and polycotton blends ignited in an average of 65 seconds when exposed to a nearby open flame. The same fabrics, when a dried emollient residue was present, ignited in less than 20 seconds. Glowing combustion time was also increased, leading researchers to be concerned about the potential for severe skin burns. The research suggested that the structure of the textiles acted as a wick to increase volatility for quicker ignition. Ignition scenarios affected by the presence of dried emollients include situations like ignition of emollient-contaminated clothing or bedding by smoking materials or heating elements. The hope is that research can identify responsible ingredients and determine effective methods of removing these emollients from fabrics like clothing, as current washing methods may be insufficient. The full study, which was prompted by actual fire cases involving use of emollients, can be found in the Fire Safety Journal. The Canadian Institutes of Health have commissioned a study from Lakehead University to look at job-related post-traumatic stress injuries in Thunder Bay Fire Rescue personnel. Preliminary data from Dr. Catherine Sindon showed that 94% of TBFR firefighters experience at least one critical event over a two-month period, and that 79% of those events involve at least one or two deaths, and 54% involve children. The study will attempt to assess the burden of critical incident exposure on fire service personnel, the incidence of post-traumatic stress injury, the impact of delivering behavioral health services to cope with these exposures, and how to modify the behavioral health programs, strategies, and resources available to TBFR personnel. 
All personnel who work fire cases are exposed to upsetting situations and details, which studies have shown can significantly affect responders in both the short and the long term. It's important to take care of both your physical and mental health. For more information on critical incident exposure and behavioral health programs like Stress First Aid, CFITrainer.net recommends visiting the Fire Hero Learning Network from the National Fallen Firefighters Foundation, which can be found at FHLN.net. Take their online modules on firefighter health and safety, particularly stressed first aid and fire and EMS personnel. Hope you found these articles informative. Check the links on the page for more information on all of the stories. As always, we welcome your feedback on the podcast and we use the input to help guide the topics we cover. We read everything and do our best to respond to your comments. By the way, we're often getting universities and other institutions interested in CFI Trainer as a resource for classes and courses. Pass the word. Over 10,000 students are already registered, and the USFA is using us for mandatory prerequisites for their training. The list goes on. CFI Trainer is well woven into training and education across our nation. We are impressed by this and proud to have the opportunity. If you're a member of the IWI or not, you should know that the IWI's International Training Conference is less than two months away in Jacksonville, Florida. Being at an ITC is well worth the time and can change your career. You can be with like-minded folks from around the world, share ideas, network, and learn more in one week than you probably could anywhere else in the world. Remember, you need to keep NFPA 921 and 1033 requirements in mind. This year's topics include vegetation fire investigation, a special track for insurance claims and investigation co-sponsored by ICAC, marine fire investigation and marine surveying for investigators, complex death scenes and fire death investigation, plus a whole lot more. You can learn about the ITC by going to www.iaaiitc.com or go to Fire Arson and click from there. Don't miss a great experience. It's worth the time and the investment. We know this is true from many of our members and others because once they come to an ITC, they end up coming year after year. Jacksonville, Florida. You and hundreds of others involved in fire investigation. We hope you can make that happen this year. If you're a member, then you probably know that voting for the 2019 election for your board is open and you should have received a ballot via email. If you have not received the ballot, take a look in your spam filter for the email from iwiofficeoffice at firearson.com via SurveyMonkey. Bring it to your inbox. Then it'll only take a few minutes to click through the ballot and help decide who will help drive the vision of the IWI in the future. We hope to have you join us next month for the podcast. We'll have news as usual. And we're planning a special guest from ATF&E to let us know what they are doing to support fire investigation at the federal, state, and local level. Thanks for joining us today on the podcast. Stay safe. We'll see you next time on CFITrainer.net. For the IAAI and CFITrainer.net, I'm Rod Ammon.